You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 132. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for the next, we're aiming for 30 minutes. We are aiming for 30 minutes. Hopefully, I still have a lot of y'all on board. After last week, we discussed a lot about cancel culture, what was going on in our college systems. I don't think that it's a topic that's only um, imperative to discuss here in the United States and the Western societies. I think it's happening everywhere. And uh, you know, realizing I've got hundreds of countries, hundreds makes it sound like I've got over two hundred. I don't even think there's two hundred countries on the planet, so well over one hundred and forty at this point, and. I'll do my best to incorporate all of y'all in, and obviously I don't know what's going on in your worlds as well, and news is whatever news is. But what I have noticed is certainly there is a fair amount of people not accepting one another for who they are, and I honestly believe that this starts in our own minds, and not accepting ourselves as who we are, and therefore finding it extremely difficult to accept other people. Because if we're judging ourselves inside of our own minds constantly all the time, how are we supposed to be okay with how other people are? And stepping into their shoes and realizing they have their own life experiences that have led them to have the opinions and beliefs and values and identity statements that they have for themselves. And obviously when people have values and beliefs and opinions and identity statements, they're going to share them. And if you're really listening, often what you'll notice is that when somebody makes a blanket statement, it can generally just be a lack of any other kinds of input, where if we could sit down and have an open-minded, growth-mindset-oriented conversation, we realize that we're all after the same basic six human needs, right? We all want certainty and that safety, that security. We want uncertainty. We want variety. We want you know spontaneity, love, connection, connectivity. We want to have significance amongst our social peers and in our family, with our friends, help with the people we choose to love. We want growth. We want to be learning new things and absorbing and experiencing this amazing world and the plethora it has to, to, to introduce us to if we're willing to open our eyes to it. And then, of course, there's going to be the contribution that we want to be, you know, this ties in very well with significance. We want to contribute. We want to be a part of something. Even those who say they're introverted and want to, you know, think they want to hide off, it's just because of some trauma and some things that have happened in their past that have created that. We are natural, naturally, part of the human experience is wanting that connectivity. It's wanting to have these six human needs that I just went over. So when you are judging others, and the saying goes, if you're judging others, then there's three fingers pointing back at you. What can we begin to do inside of our own minds that will be able to help us accept ourselves for who we are and then 
through time and practice and attention and doing, begin to embrace others. Often I I truly do believe that one of the reasons why when we hear something that goes so against our own opinions, values, beliefs, and identity statements, when we want to push back on it, it's because of this internal fear that if we let this person say what they're saying long enough and loud enough, more and more people will jump on board and eventually they'll poison society. And regardless of what side of the aisle you decide to choose to base your opinions, values, beliefs, and identity statements, there's going to be somebody on the other side who's going to think that you're wrong. Nothing is wrong with the way that you have created your life. You might say things that offend. You might believe things that offend. This doesn't necessarily, to me, this does not mean let's, let's, you know, cast those people out of the tribe because if you try to silence people, they'll just find one another in the shadows, right? You know, oftentimes, again, I keep going back with this oftentimes. Is that my transition statement for this episode? Um, when I've discussed this in public and given speech about it, people inevitably want to go to the most heinous of all heinous historical references in modern times, and that's the genocide holocaust of the Nazis against the Jewish religion in World War II. And they're like, okay, so that's okay. Those people weren't poisoned. What they did wasn't poison. Okay, first of all, let's reel that in. Obviously, what went down then it was a, was an atrocity. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible act of humans against other humans. What I'm wanting to expand your identity and your mind around is that by pushing any of those people off into the shadows, the Nazis, it just it didn't it didn't quiet them. It fueled them. And eventually, somebody with a lot of charisma was able to rally enough people to say, hmm, maybe this guy's on to something. Now, would we have been able to stop that by sitting down and having a like-minded, open-minded, growth mindset conversation? Let's just go with the answer being no. It seems like that was just a historical thing that, even from World War II, was sort of being led to. But we're in a new era now. where We understand people differently. We have way more access to information. Russia can't invade Ukraine or, you know, shoot up, pull a trigger over there without it being on 15 different websites. We know what's happening in the world differently now than we used to. The atrocities that Genghis Khan or Napoleon or the Romans or the Greeks laid bare upon the world, and those are just the four I'm rattling off. We can get into the Crusades and, and the genocide that happened in the South Americas by the Western uh, European countries. Horrible things have happened in our history, and we are not those people anymore. We can learn from that, and we can begin to embrace ourselves as a, as a creature that has learned from its atrocities and is seeking to do better. So when I tell you that um, listening to somebody else's dissenting opinion, even if it does seem racist or sexist, misogynistic, uh, vile, and you know, full of hate from your perspective, what you're missing out on an opportunity is to have a conversation with someone who very much might be in a position to shift their opinion if new information is introduced to them in a way that connects to their human needs, that connects to their desire to have significance and contribution. 
Because if you can't have significance and contribution in the part of society that believes that it's working toward the greater good, that it's working toward a more open-minded society, then they will go off and find significance and contribution amongst people who already think and believe and behave like them. Which sounds more atrocious? To bring that person to the table and have conversations with them and show them how other people live so they realize that we're all seeking the same six human needs, that we all want food and water and warmth and shelter, and we want to know that we're safe each and every day and that we can provide for ourselves and our families and our loved ones. This is one of the reasons why they say the more open-minded somebody is, more likely they are to have traveled to other countries. Because when you experience what other people are doing on a day-to-day basis, you see a whole new perspective outside of what a picture or a, a quick little clip on YouTube or the television can show you. It's, it's not even comparable. A picture of the Grand Canyon is not the Grand Canyon in person. Going to a small little village in, in Italy or France or Germany or Zimbabwe or Uganda or somewhere in Thailand or in the Philippines or in China or Russia is not the same as seeing a picture. Most of those people just want to eat, stay warm, clothe their families, have a safe little harbor for everyone to come to every single night and lay their heads down and know that the next morning they can get up and they can do it all over again. It sounds a lot like just wanting to be a cog in a machine, but in a way, the machine just wants to keep working. Everybody, for the most part, it's when we start to throw in politicians and media and and and, and rage against our the machine and start to yell at each other. That's when the problems start to come out, because no one's listening when everyone's yelling. And how does this even possibly connect to how I started this episode? Because if you're inside your own mind constantly yelling at yourself about what you're not doing right, about what you've done wrong, shaming and guilting yourself because you're not perfect, you're not keeping up with the Joneses, you're not, your life doesn't look as amazing as everybody else's Instagram feed. If you're shouting and screaming at yourself and you're not even bothering to be self-aware enough to slow down, be calm, and be gentle with yourself, how exactly are you going to show that to other people? It's imperative that we first practice on ourselves the art of kindness and grace. One of the primary ways I believe that we do that is in the way that we talk to ourselves. How we talk to ourselves is imperative. Because how we talk to ourselves will be at some point mirrored and matched outward. And that's how we'll start talking to other people. Maybe not when we're calm, with a good strong head on our shoulders and everything's feeling fine, but more than likely, it's going to happen when we least expect it, when something happens and and we get angry and we want to lash out. Lashing out is, oh, it is, it's what we're doing in our own head, so why on earth, why on earth, and and think about the chaos going on in there, so why on earth would we want to do that to other people? Why on earth would we want to bring that to other people? So when we start to think about the words that we use and how they are creating our reality in our head, that we then begin to shift outwardly and express to people 
This is why practicing kindness and gratitude and gentleness on yourself is so important. Because when you can do it first with yourself, you'll be way more apt to be able to do it with other people. This isn't just something that is woo-woo and is all about you know, breathing in deep and doing yoga practices and stuff. Well, I by no means am mocking any of that because I do enjoy a good meditation and a good yoga myself. When we start asking ourselves, do we really want to change the way that we talk to ourselves? I would say step into the self-awareness of what it is that you are saying to yourself first thing in the morning when you wake up. What is it say what are you saying to yourself when you get your test back and you see your grade? What are you saying to yourself when you walk up to that new person and you want to be friends with them or you want to ask them out on a date and they say no? One of the presuppositions of neurolinguistic programming of which I have a master's certification in is that nobody's doing anything against you, they're doing it for themselves. And what that says is that you think people are doing things against you. And even if they are saying, I, even if they look at you in the face and say, I am doing this against you, I hate you, they're really doing it to increase something within themselves. There's something that they're getting out of it. If you just chose to ignore it, if you chose to not respond, if you chose to just let, it, let them be whatever they were going to be, yes, they might still want to bully. They might still come pressing. But at some point, if they stop getting a rise out of you, then they'll stop beating, they'll stop trying to beat you up physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. And your mind toward yourself is the same way. If you begin to use more positive words to yourself, eventually you just won't believe the negative ones anymore. You'll literally roll your eyes at yourself and be like, what are you, why are you even saying that? That's not even my voice. One of the things I teach my clients and I teach in, in my workshops is that when you hear a mean, your, your, yourself say something mean to you, right, that you're bad or you're ugly or you're, un, you're fat, you're you know, stupid, whatever, is to shift that voice into something that you find more funny, right? Elmer Fudd, Bugs Bunny, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy. Shift that voice into something that's more comical, because whoever's voice that is, it's not yours. That's not how you want to talk to yourself. If, if you have any kind of inkling that there's some, so, some level of uh, like things out there we don't understand about the world, whether that be spiritual or religious, whatever it is, I just have a very, I have, I have a very strong spiritual foundation that you know the universe did not create me to look in the mirror and talk shit to myself. Sorry about the profanity. According to John Stewart, that was a perfect place for it. Why would I talk smack to myself in the way that I do? So I'm going to teach you guys some words that I want you to start being more aware about. Some things that you can start to pay attention to. And some of these uh, we have discussed in the past, but 132 episodes in, by no stretch of the imagination, is hearing something once from me enough. So let's just repeat ourselves. <laughs> Let's start with good and bad. According to who? What's bad to one person might be good to another. What's good to one person might be bad to another. 
you know, whether it's your parents or you're in a relationship, it's somebody, it's people close to you, they're going to choose to think and believe and feel about something however they do. But you do not have to co-sign on that. Just because somebody says something to you does not mean that you have to condone it. Much like hate speech and other things like that, sure. It would be awesome if everybody would just stop yelling obscenities at one another. But just because they do it doesn't mean it's somehow going to scroll into your brain and change your thinking. Just because you scream at them does not mean that they're going to stop thinking that way. Connection. Love. Attention. This is what helps people feel like they're a part of the tribe. This is what gives people a significance, a feeling of contribution. Those are going to be the ways that we're going to be able to change this world. The way we're going about it currently, not so much. But judging people's behavior, good or bad, if somebody says something racist, might be bad to you, but if they go around their racist friends, now it's good. And if they don't want to feel bad, they're going to go around the people who make them feel good. So yelling in their face that they're bad is only going to push them away from you who could be loving, who could be connective, who could encourage them by showing them examples of how people can be whatever they are. doesn't matter the race, creed, color, gender, sexual orientation. doesn't matter. Some people will do things that are unfriendly and unkind, and some people will do things that are more desirable and friendly. So good and bad is a judgment word. You did good, you did bad. According to who? Getting second place in a competition might be bad if you're used to finishing first. You might judge it as bad. Somebody else who's always finishing 111th might think second is like winning the lottery. What's easy versus hard? Again, What's there used to be a shirt that I saw at CrossFit back in the day when I did it that said, relax, right now somebody is warming up with your max. What I think is hard, somebody else thinks is easy. What I think is easy, somebody else thinks is hard. Just because they haven't had the life experiences that I've had that have taught me how to do certain things does not make me better. There is no better, there is no worse. Again, those are two more judgment words. Those are two more ways that you're talking to yourself that is not healthy. If you tell yourself something is hard, are you really going to want to continue it? Or if you frame it that, hey, you know what? If I continue to practice and continue to put effort into this, what is challenging right now will be way more, will be way less challenging later. You have to decide what words you're going to use inside your head that are going to evoke a sense of non-judgment. And again, it's almost like we're hardwired to judge ourselves, therefore we're hardwired to judge others. So this is going to take a lot of work, a lot of self-awareness, especially if you're a social media junkie and you're always on social media because you're going to be looking at things you're going to be comparing. Years and years and years ago, I decided to clean my feet out of all of like, those influencers who wore b- bikinis. I decided that it was messing with my brain. It was not it was not doing me any good. So I got rid of the the bikini models. I got rid of the the muscle dudes who were supposedly teaching me how to do workout things healthier and safer, but in reality, were just showing themselves off trying to sell thousand dollar programs to do things that I didn't necessarily believe that they were even doing them correctly. But I'd, I'd be like, wow, man, if I could only work out enough, I could have that body. 
That made me feel less than in my own head. So how to get them out. Looking at a bunch of bikini models on Instagram did not make me uh, feel more confident about myself. It actually skewed my judgment about myself and about the women around me. How to go. You have to be mindful of the inputs that are going inside of your brain because your, your mind is always paying attention. Your eyes are always watching. Your ears are always listening. Your body's always feeling. It never stops. So when you tell yourself something's good or bad, easy, hard, these are words that you are literally screwing into your head. Healthy versus unhealthy. Right, bad food versus good food. At least if you're then see. Oh, let's wait. Let's stay with let's stay with the words that are more judgmental. We'll get to the more more uh, beneficial words here shortly. Right. Let's let's say that you've got good, bad, easy, hard, horrible, worse. These are more judgment words. I did great, fantastic. Yes, these are just different varieties of the good bad but when you start to ask yourself how are these words affecting you stupid versus smart in carol dweck's growth mindset book she says don't raise your children to think that they are that they're either stupid or smart or calling them a genius instead raise them to believe that hard work is why they got the good grade that paying attention and practicing and studying because if you raise a child to think that they're smart and they're a genius, then down the road they'll be less apt to push themselves outside their comfort zone because they don't want to seem not smart or not a genius. They've attached their identity to people around them thinking that they're extremely smart. And heaven forbid they are proven not to be smart. Some of the greatest minds who have succeeded and done some amazing things are truly not reaching their fullest potential because they're afraid of, of failing in front of the, their peers, afraid of having one of their um, thesis papers published in a medical journal and have it be mocked. So they'll hold themselves back rather than introducing their thoughts to the world, letting them be disseminated by the public, figure out, is it good? Is it great? Let's release those words. And is it, is it, is it growing humanity forward? Whether something is extremely beneficial or not to the immediacy of the moment doesn't mean it still can't benefit society as a whole moving forward. World War II was an atrocity. What we had to fight for, what we had to, what we had to do to win that war was insane. Never in the history of time as a country mobilized for war as quickly and as efficiently as we did. And the whole planet could be speaking German right now had we not pulled that off. But think about the the evolution of society that happened because of what needed to go down in order for us to be prepared to go over to Europe and fight with our allies. We figured out assembly line work at a rate never seen before. We pulled America out of the Great Depression. We, tr- we turned our, every factory we possibly could into a military making machine. We mobilized our entire citizenry against an enemy overseas, and we never faltered on our support for that. We sent millions over there. And not all of them came home. 
but yet we were able to stop something that could have literally, it, it would have changed the world as we know it. And what this country and all the other countries involved were able to do, as soon as the war was over, all of a sudden you saw all these factories who knew now how to make things quickly, they flipped the switch back over to commerce, and all of a sudden televisions and radios and cars and things that were so expensive before, not even possible before, were all of a sudden available to average citizen because of the of the way the economy grew during the war war bad what ended up happening afterwards was remarkable in the way that the world was able to quickly grow and you see the different revolutions in the 60s and 70s around social rights and people being like wait if we fought over there for for one thing why are we still behaving similarly here so you see how it's it's all perspective Good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no, easy, hard, difficult, worse. These are judgment words. But, and I'm going to get you all out of here on this. I can't pull away all of your judgment words without giving you opportunities to learn some ones that just will sound more beneficial to your mind, will feel more beneficial to your body. So when you say things like, I don't know how to do that, I, I, I'm not, I, just, I don't know how to do it. How many times have you've heard people say it? How many times have you said it about something? We know YouTube exists. There's literally anything you want to do over there. You can figure out it's on YouTube. So do you have a skill or do you not have the skill? All right? Are you skillful around playing badminton or not? So then you're unskillful at playing badminton, but you could learn it if you chose to. Somebody I like the word yet. Yeah, I don't know how to do that yet. I, I am not skilled in that yet. I may not ever want to be skilled in playing badminton, but I know that if I were to go outside and focus on it for a couple hours a day, every single day for a month, I'd be crushing some straight-up badminton in no time. That's just how good we are as humans to figure things out. Is food good or is it bad? Why don't we shift that to healthy or unhealthy? McDonald's can be delicious. It used to be delicious. Now it doesn't taste like it used to. But fast food can be delicious. I mean, they put, they dump enough sugar and salt into that to specifically make it delicious. But is it healthy? <laughs> oh, it's unhealthy. Right? Eating ice cream 17 times a day is unhealthy. Hell, eating broccoli 17 times a day is probably unhealthy. So instead of foods being good or bad, we could just simply say, mm, you know, I'm being more healthy today. Yeah, I'm going to steer away from the unhealthy. Good, bad. What if we switch it to desirable, undesirable? That outcome is not as desirable for me. Hey, Jess, we should go bong all these beers and then get on top of the fraternity house and jump off the roof and land on a bunch of mattresses. Yeah, that outcome is undesirable. Hey, you know what? We should go study the night before a test and get a good night's sleep and wake up on time and get to the classroom early and make sure we're settled in and get comfortable in the environment so our minds can be shifted towards taking this test and getting a good grade. And then we'll go out and we'll drink responsibly. That's more desirable. (laughs) Skillful, unskillful, healthy, unhealthy, desirable, undesirable. These words have a lot less impactful um, negative charge to them. Are you manifesting this energy toward desirable or away from the undesirable? 
right? This world is, it's, it's got this thing about how you manifest your energy, right? Somebody cuts you off or immediately just sitting there screaming at them in your head or maybe actually in your car, right? Or you just simply wave them on and say, good luck with life. And just let that memory float away. And you've gained a really good skill at making sure you know how to dodge irresponsible drivers. There's another pair that's really good. Responsible, irresponsible. Right? It's better than good or bad, right? We're, we're looking for words that have less of a, of a charge to them. When you're training a dog, it's one thing. Good, bad, sit, stay. There's definitely very clear demands. But when we start thinking about our programming and where we and how we got to where we're at, realize that you're only as good as the person who programmed you. And you think you programmed yourself, but you did not. At a young age, you were you were being fed information without your awareness even knowing it was happening. You were having behaviors and opinions and strategies to do things imprinted and implanted upon you by your parents. They, they taught you how to tie your shoe. They taught you how to hold a fork. They taught you how to behave in restaurants, how to use an inside voice. Or they didn't teach you any of that stuff, and now you're a hellion. But either way, you were imprinted and implanted upon by your parents. As you began to get older, you either, you, you may not even have known you were making the choice to either go with the flow and stay in the tribe, therefore you matched and mirrored and modeled in order to, to, to get their love, or you pushed back. You fought against it. You did rage against your parental machine. If you didn't feel like you were getting enough attention, more than likely you started to lean towards the undesirable behaviors. Because any attention is better than no attention. So even if they're yelling at you for doing bad, it's better than them ignoring you and being indifferent toward you. And as you got older, now all of a sudden school got more involved. You were being judged by other little kids who had no emotional intelligence. So then your lack of emotional intelligence, their lack of emotional intelligence collided and causes this just this carnival of emotionally unintelligent humans, you know, at a very young age, judging one another based on how they were being uh, raised at home, how they were being treated what felt good for them in the moment. I mean, just think about the chaos all of that would create. It's a, it's a wonder any of us ever got out of the jungle of high school, let alone middle school and elementary. And then we think, oh, thank goodness. Got out of that craziness. Now I can go off to college and everybody will accept me and it'll be, it'll be mind-opening experiences full of people seeking to expand their lives. And then you get there and you find out just because you changed environments does not mean everybody changed. And I'm sorry to tell you, but man, you're going to get out into the workforce and there's still going to be the cattiness. There's still going to be the bullies. There's still going to be the people who will lie about you behind your back in order to get ahead. This exists. It's part of the human experience. So instead of judging ourselves for it, let's just be more aware of how we're doing it in our heads, the words we use, the judgments we make, and then how we're then projecting that outwardly. Because other people are going to experience us and they're going to begin to behave toward us the way they feel like we believe it's comfortable to behave toward them. I learned tonight, or not necessarily learned, but had my mind expanded around the word karma. A lot of us think karma means if you do good, good things happen to you. Or if you do bad, bad things happen to you. The Buddhists believe that karma is really the way you manifest things 
in your universe based off of your behaviors. So if you, it's, it's more like if you are doing bad things, it's not that bad things will happen to you. It's that you are attracting bad things. If you're doing good things, it's not necessarily that good things will happen to you. It's just that your energy is attracting it. Because you're doing this, right? It's because your behaviors are this way that you're 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 attracting things that are similar. The secret talks about how you can manifest, and even when the Buddhists use good or bad, right? We can shift that now and say, okay, well, when I'm doing undesirable things, that's the energy that I'm sending out, which means I'm attracting undesirable things. It's not necessarily necessarily the universe keeping score as much as it's just what you are naturally attracting. You think, ah, oh, you know, I just it must be my karma. I just keep attracting these bad relationships who do this, this, and this. It's more like your behavior is attracting those kind of people. So if you want a different outcome, you have to shift yourself because you can't shift other people. This world is full of energy. We are sending it out constantly. And when we send it out, it is going to magnetize it back toward us. You can be open-minded. You can be full of grace. You can be helpful, healthy, skillful, desirable. Or you can sit out there and inside your head, you can judge yourself and, and, and beat yourself up, flogging yourself daily about what you aren't instead of celebrating what you are. I can assure you, you sit there and celebrate who you are and embrace it and be more self-aware when you're beating yourself up and, and make a choice in that moment. Literally tell yourself, new choice. You are behaving desirably. You are working hard. Right? No, because we want to stay away from hard and, and easy, right? It's like you are working effectively to increase your grade point average. What are words you can begin to use that will not come off as so judgy towards yourself? This is where I have to sort of step back and say, now, now this conversation's in your hands. What are you going to do to open up and embrace a non-judgmental voice inside your head who encourages you rather than discourage you? Because when you can begin to encourage yourself, I can assure you, you'll begin to project that kind of encouragement outwardly and it'll be attracted back to you. Your behaviors create your reality. Embrace the positive in you and send that out. And when you hear a dissenting opinion, when you hear somebody that you believe is shouting vile and hate, walk up to them and, and start asking them questions. Be curious. Seek to not judge them, but instead to embrace the version of life that they have created in their own mind and get to know them. Because I can assure you, if that's the kind of energy people feel when these heated conversations start to happen, Less people will run to the shadows and hate in silence, or worse, hate on the internet, or even worse, take all those people that they began to hate with on the internet and now evoke that out all over a city. Instead, we'll be able to sit at a table and realize we're all after the same thing. Safety, certainty, food, water, warmth, shelter, love, contribution, significance, growth. We're all the same on the inside. And if we'd stop seeing all the differences on the outside, hmm, imagine what this world could be.
As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. If you would like to be more connected to the things that I say, I have launched the Wise Mind Empowerment Hub. Go over to jessemogul.com forward slash the hub. It is absolutely amazing. This month, the course I am teaching is how you create your life inside your head, the filters that you're using that determine your level of happiness, sadness, whether you think you're doing good or bad, right? And we, this is like, this course, even right there, you see I said good, bad, right? Because there's ways you're judging yourself. This first course of the hub is like teaching you the letters of the alphabet. When you're out of this first course moving forward, and this is stuff I haven't been able to talk on the podcast because there needs to be slides and all this jazz. When you learn these letters of the alphabet, you can then begin to really dive in deeper to all the things that are coming ahead because you'll understand the foundations of life. This isn't just something I made up. This stuff is tried and true. It's backed by science, but I make it enjoyable to learn so that when you walk around and you catch yourself saying something undesirable inside your head, you can say, huh, I wonder where that thought just came from. And you'll be able to locate it. You'll be able to figure out immediately where it is rooted inside your mind. And that's the level of self-awareness that will absolutely help you reach the fullest potential of your life. And isn't that why you went to college anyways? And I know you're hearing more studying and stuff. No, 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 no. It's way easier than that. I made this one so that, you know, a couple hours in a month and you can have it done if you're willing to put in the attention and the time and prioritize it. So that's my quick little speech, jessemogul.com forward slash the hub. All right, my friends, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 